Countries for Kids. Hello and welcome to Countries for Kids, a podcast where we get to explore the world and its cultures. My name is Elijah and I'm here with my mom and my brother Sawyer. Are you ready for an adventure? I sure am. Elijah, what country are we talking about this week? Well, we're, we're going to talk about South Africa, but we decided with the Russians invading Ukraine, we would explain what's going on over there first. But don't worry, South Africa will be next time. First, let's talk about the history of the region. There were always people there, but in the Middle Ages, they first became their own nation, and they were very, very powerful, too. After 400 years, they were conquered by Genghis Khan. They became part of the Mongolian Empire. Though Ukraine stayed its own region culturally and people still spoke Ukrainian, they were frequently colonized by different neighboring countries, including Poland, the Turkish Empire, and Russia. To become colonized is when another country takes over your country, usually as a result of war or force. Some people compare Ukraine to Ireland. Each has its own special culture. They also have their own language and a long history of being colonized by their neighbors. About a hundred years ago, the Russian Revolution happened where the Russian people got rid of the Tsar, which is the Russian word for king. And it started to be ruled by just regular people like you and me. When that happened, Ukraine became independent for about two years. But then there was a civil war. A civil war is when two groups fight for power in the same country. Some people wanted Ukraine to be independent and some wanted to join the Soviet Union. The people who wanted to join the Soviet Union won. The Soviet Union was what the Russians were called. After the king and queen were taken out. They had a new idea for a government that was called socialism. Socialism was supposed to be everyone working for each other, rather than having rich and poor people, kings and queens and peasants. The Soviet Union included Russia and Ukraine, and also a bunch of other republics around Russia. A republic is what we think of as a state in America, or a province in Canada. Though they were a part of the Soviet Union, they also ruled themselves to an extent. About 70 years ago, Russia gave Ukraine part of its country called Crimea. Remember that, because it it becomes important later. Then about 30 years ago, the Soviet Union fell apart and Ukraine became independent once again. The Ukrainians were so excited to be their own country again. Finally! Everything was more or less okay for a while, but then in 2013 and 2014, there was a revolution called the Revolution of Dignity, also known as the Maiden Revolution. The Ukrainians kicked out the leader who who liked Russia. He didn't sign something that made Ukraine and Europe friends. Russia and Ukraine have always been trading partners, and Russia is very sensitive with who else its trade partners are friends with. Not everyone agreed with the overthrow. We haven't mentioned it yet, but Ukraine has a major river crossing through it, which divides the country into an eastern and western half. 
The people on the west side are definitely Ukrainians. But the people on the east side of the river are more Russian in culture and ethnicity. It would help to pause this podcast and pull up a map of Ukraine so you can see what we're talking about. An ethnic group shares language, custom, tradition, food, maybe religion, the country that they identify from, and the shared history. Even if it doesn't seem obvious to us, Russians feel like they're very different from Ukrainians. So you might imagine how it would feel if your town suddenly became a part of another country. So ethnically Russians in Ukraine also feel this way. But this is also what the Ukrainians feel like about Russia trying to take over their country. Everyone wants their own space. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in a border sense. There's obviously not a solid line between Ukrainian culture and Russian culture. So to explain further, there is a region east of the Dnieper River, the big one in the middle of the country, and close to the Russian border called the Donbass. In that region, there are two areas called Donetsk and Luhansk. Both declared themselves independent after the revolution in 2014. Even though that happened, Ukraine says they're still a part of Ukraine. Both these regions are pro-Russian, and there have been violent fights between the separatists and the Ukrainian government about that ever since. The people of Crimea also wanted to be a part of Russia again. Remember we talked about Crimea before, that the Russians gave Crimea to Ukraine even though most of the people there were Russian? So in 2014, Russia's army invaded Crimea and took it back. It seems like most Crimea people actually want to be a part of Russia. Crimeans are mostly Russian ethnically. In the Democratic vote, for 95% of the Crimeans want to go back to Russian rule. Most countries don't recognize that vote anymore, though, because Crimea was occupied by Russian troops at the time, but it still seems like Crimeans actually want to be part of Russia. But to move on, a few years ago, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky defeated the pro-Russian person that was in office, and most of the people elected to parliament also came from his Servant of the People Party. The Servant of the People Party is the centrist, meaning that they aren't very liberal or conservative. Some of the main goals of the party are to get rid of corruption and to become more Western. Corruption is when someone in power uses their position for their own good rather than to serve the people they are leading. And to be more Western means to be more like Europe, America, and Canada. By the way, the president of Russia is Vladimir Putin. Last year they got rid of a lot of President Putin's friends who had been pro-Russian leaders of Ukraine. Putin did not like that at all. About two months ago, Putin announced that Russians and Ukrainians are one people. Then he started bringing Russian troops to the border of Ukraine. He also demanded that Ukraine never be allowed into NATO or the European Union. And the European Union or the EU is economic and political alliance, meaning they are friends, they act alike, and use the same kind of money. Ukraine wants to join both really bad. They think that will help protect them against Russia. 
Russia doesn't want any former Soviet states to join the EU or NATO because they were really embarrassed when their way of ruling things failed, and America and the European countries had to come in and help fix things. Putin is also worried that joining groups like that would automatic, adam, automatically lead to them being against Russia. Russia has had strong anti-Western sentiment since the early 1900s because of differing political views and the desire to continue to be seen as a superpower. On February 21st, just a few days ago, Russia announced the world that it would recognize the two areas that wanted to be independent this whole time, Donetsk and Luhansk. Ukraine says, nope, those are still our state. President Putin used this announcement in order to let Russian troops cross the border into Ukraine, pretending that he was just doing it to protect those people. Now there are reports of military-aged men from those areas that are being picked up right off the street and put into buses and be put into service to invade the rest of the country. Then on February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine. As of this recording, it is day six of the war, and the Ukrainians are still doing a very good job fighting and holding on to their cities with all their might. They are smaller, but the Ukrainian people are not willing to give up their homeland and the freedoms they've worked so hard for without a fight. Many regular people are fighting, too. It's not just soldiers. Soldiers, they are given guns and ammo and taught how to make things like Molotov cocktails or small bombs. There are rules of war where you are supposed to attack people that are in the army, especially not women and children. A lot of people are running away and leaving the country. Yesterday when I wrote the script, it was 500,000. This morning when I woke up, it was 600,000. As we record, it's 650,000. So who knows what it is by the time you listen to this. I don't blame them. I have small children myself. I would not want to stay either. But to give you some context, the country only has 10 million citizens. That means 6% of the population has already left, and it's only day 6. As we talked about in the Sudan episode, when someone leaves their home and goes to another country because something so bad is happening they can't go home, they are called a refugee. Other countries are helping, helping by sending supplies and weapons to the Ukrainians by in helping the refugees on the border. Many countries have also placed harsh economic sanctions on Russia. That means they won't buy anything from Russia or sell anything. Not only does that mean Russia will have less access to money, but that means Russian people have less things access to them like food and medicine. Why can't we send our soldiers out to go help? Isn't our military stronger than Ukraine's? Yes, but Russia has a lot of nuclear weapons, and they have threatened to use them if we get involved. We have a lot of nukes, too, but there was no way we could bomb them and not get bombed back, even if we bombed them all in one day and destroyed all of Russia. We don't know where any subs are or anything, so how would we know if there are any subs out there who knows, they could be far or close or wherever they could be. They have nuclear bombs all over the place, including on submarines, which are really good at hiding. 
This is called mutually assured destruction. That means we avoid war with Russia and they avoid war with us because once one country strikes, it would be sure to escalate until together we would have destroyed the entire earth. So in the meantime, all we can do is help by sending supplies and weapons and helping the refugees and putting the economic sanctions on Russia. The, that way Ukraine can defend themselves and hopefully Russia gets very uncomfortable with how poor they're getting. I know that was a lot of information to digest. So to put it in a nutshell, Ukraine has a history of being ruled by Russia and though Ukraine is independent now, Russia would like to own them again because it is worried about the country becoming too Western. The Ukraine has to fight their own war and we can't help them because everyone who is on their side is worried about nuclear bombs. I hope we answered your questions. But if you have any more questions or feel like we could have explained something better or any other comments, feel free to email me at Elijah at CountriesForKids.world or post a question on our Facebook page, Countries for Kids. This show takes a lot of time to research, write the script, uh, record, produce, and it also isn't free to get it to your ears. So if you liked this episode and you like our other episodes, then and you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash countries for kids. You can join for just $1 a month, and for that $1, you can get early and ad-free episodes, and it would really mean a lot to us. Or transcripts and other info. Check out our website for countriesforkids.world. Thank you for joining us today. Join us next time uh, for a regular episode as we talk about South Africa. Okay, kids, how do you say goodbye in Ukrainian? The Pubachinia! Countries for kids.